the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you'll love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, there's yet another restaurant getting into the chicken sandwich wars. This time, it's Hardee's and Carl's Jr. featuring their, this sounds so good, chicken and waffle sandwich with maple butter on top. The war the, is over. They won. The bun is a Belgian waffle. Oh, my god! Doesn't that sound good? Everyone else quit now. Surrender while there's still time. Second, you know those Kind bars? I really yeah. like the the one with chocolate the guy on that, it and uh, sea salt. Started and owns the company. He's, he's a regular on, uh, on Shark Tank. Oh, well, listen. This is pretty cool. They just launched brand new dairy-free ice cream and flavors, all kinds of great flavors, with no artificial sweetener. And lots of protein. And uh, some of the flavors are kind of like the bars. Dark chocolate almond sea salt, dark chocolate peanut butter, and pistachio, just to mm. name a few. It's interesting what different people use social media for. I tend to use it for something fun. Trending hashtags. I love those. And there's one trending right now. It's really funny. It's unflattering compliments. I'll share a couple of them with you next. They're guaranteed to make you laugh. So unflattering compliments, that's a hashtag that's going around on social media right now. Hashtag unflattering compliments. And I think I've heard a couple of these. Um, Here's one that could only be 2020 into 2021. You looked better with your mask on. (laughs) There is no good way to take that if somebody says that to you, right? How about this one? Boy, I wish I had the confidence to leave the house dressed like that. (laughs) Definitely an unflattering compliment. This one, just think of how you phrase it. You should just leave it at the first three words. You look great for your age. Just leave it at you look great. Leave the for your age part off. And this one, this one took me a minute to get, but I understand why it's an unflattering compliment. You really make me feel smart. Why do I do that for you? Coming up in just a minute, see if you do this. There's something that a lot of us do at the end of a Zoom call or a video call. And we're like, why did I just do that? That was so awkward. See if you're doing this next. If you do this at the end of Zoom calls or video calls, you are not alone. You want to guess what it is, Kev? Um, There's a weird phenomenon of people waving with both hands or uh, blowing kisses. It's just waving in general. You just can't resist it, right? I can. I do. <laughs> I don't, you do. You wave. I wave at the yeah. end, and they say, "Keep it up." It's a good thing, according to body language experts. Why are we doing it? We almost never feel compelled to wave in person. Experts say it's because it sends a clear yet polite signal that the meeting is over. It's also <laughs> a sign of respect to the other people on the video call. Uh, it's still going to feel awkward and remind you of preschool. But like I said, uh, keep it up. Experts say it's a good thing. See, I'm I'm not watching anyone waving because I'm too busy making sure it's actually disconnected before I start mumbling out loud about how ridiculous the meeting was. Oh. 
<laughs> so while you all are doing your two-hand waves, I'm like, that was a total waste of time. Why do we do that? <laughs> to no one in particular? To no one, just to me. Just to <laughs> me and anyone with an earshot, I guess. Okay, if we ask you to think of a wicked stepmother from a movie who comes to mind... Cinderella, mm-hmm. Snow White. Mm-hmm. Well, they studied children raised by their stepmothers for 100 years. And the idea of a wicked stepmother, it's only in fairy tales. Hmm. Close to 4 million U.S. children have a step parent. Step parents investing in the lives of their stepchildren helped create relational and economic stability in the home. And to all the step parents who listen to the Kevin and Taylor show and are raising those kids as your own, uh, even when it's hard, we just want you to feel loved and encouraged today. I know I, one of the first step parents I got to know personally was our producer, Jessica, and she became a stepmom before she became a biological mother. And I gave her a Mother's Day card one time and she just like was a puddle hmm. because I think a lot of times step parents get missed. Taylor, you've been having some issues with your voice. How's it going today? I got laryngitis for the first time in my entire life and was just baffled by it because I haven't had a cold. I maybe have had some allergies. You're pretty consistent wearing a mask and stuff, yeah, too. So yeah, you would think that would help. And never in my entire life have I ever lost my voice. And so I did what I knew to do best, and that is to go to our listeners for advice And uh, so I reached out on social media and they had a plethora of ideas. Um, One, a speech pathologist said complete vocal rest. So I did not speak at all. And Glenn was having way too much fun joking with the neighbors (laughs) that, wow, it's been a nice little peace and quiet break. I was like, hey, Uh, only I couldn't say it. I just kind of went. Like I, I learned mime and sign language really well with Glenn. I would like act things out to let him know what I needed. Well, people recommended um, everything from snake oil to steroids. Yeah. So what did you wind up doing? I tried everything from, and I'm still doing it all. I've got uh, tea, lemon, apple cider vinegar, honey, pineapple juice. I've been eating some pineapple because they said the bromelain would reduce inflammation in my throat. Um, I've also, uh, I finally had a nurse practitioner reach out and told me to buy liquid Benadryl and mm-hmm. gargle with it. Ooh. So I tried that. I Isn't got that the kind of syrupy. It's so sweet. How do but you you're spitting it back out? Gargle so. with that. I mean, like the it's liquid texture enough. of it is. Yeah, you can get, you can do it. It's liquidy <laughs> enough. I got the children's allergy Benadryl. That stuff can make you loopy too. So if Taylor acts a little odd today, it's because she's been <laughs> gargling Benadryl <laughs> by uh, the bottle load. <laughs> I had a neighbor put like these special cough drops in my mailbox for me. I mean, I just feel so grateful for everybody's advice and prayers it'd be interesting to know what worked and what didn't yeah because all of it didn't right so there has to be so or or is it a delightful combination of all of it that is probably and i'm still like what i'm doing is i'm taking a little tiny bite of honey before i do you know we turn turn on the microphones Mm. so if i come in about 300 pounds heavier next week (laughs) you'll know it's from from all the honey honey, get your voice back diet got it So life brings with it a ton of struggles and dilemmas. And sometimes you find yourself at your end end of your rope and you're just like, oh, my gosh, can what next? Well, if that's you today, I met a woman on my way into work today that I think is going to put all of our problems in perspective. Tell you about it next. 
You know, we can get caught up in our own lives and feel like, you know, what's going on? So focused on our own little deals that we forget. There's a big hurting world out there that we're supposed to reach. You know, Jesus told us, you're, you're my people now. You're, you're the ones that are going to go and get this done. I'm, I'm going to be there with you. The Holy Spirit's going to help you do it. But get after it, guys. And um, one of the things that I try to do to, to do that in my own little way is I carry these gift cards around the fast food restaurants. And I, I look for people that I think need some help. And that happened on the way into work today. I was passing through this. Um, I, I took a detour through this little shopping plaza. Uh, and I do that often because homeless people congregate there and I look for them. And there were about, I don't know, four or five people in this little alcove and they were all asleep and they had, you know, like ragtag suitcases and sleeping bags and stuff. And I pulled up into a parking spot and I thought, OK, this is a little dicey because there's way more of them than me. Usually it's like one person and I go up to them. But I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to do it. So I walked up and it turns out it was a mom. Her name's LaDonna. And her two twin babies that are still in a stroller and her three other kids who are look like they were tween, you know, like maybe 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And they're all sound asleep. And I said, hey, uh, you guys need some help. I've got a couple of McDonald's gift cards you can have to go and get something. Each was like, oh, my gosh, we were just praying for something to eat. Mm. And I said, I don't want to be rude, but what are, you, what are you guys doing out here? And she said, well, there was a fire at our house. And she said, and I've been trying to stay at Airbnbs, but I heard this church up the street gives out food and diapers, and we we just really need everything. And I said, well, I'm going to keep you in my prayers today, and I, I know this doesn't fix everything, but at least you guys can go and get something to eat. She Man, said, that's heartbreaking. Thank you so much. And I just thought of what what is her, you know she is this is a human being you know, that God created that is now in total survival mode with her kids. With nowhere to stay, doesn't obviously has no idea where the next meal's coming from, and it really put the stuff like you know I've got my problem. Everybody's got problems. There ain't nobody on the planet. I don't care how good the facade is. Everybody's got stuff they're dealing with, relationships or finances or or all of the above. But meeting Ladonna and seeing what she's doing just to try to keep the family fed and the family with some type of roof over their heads. It really put everything in perspective. So if you can keep her in your prayers today, boy, that'd be great. Her name was LaDonna. Do you have a juicy love story in your family? Like the the one that's infamous in mine is my mother-in-law married Ron, but she had dated his brother Carl first. Ooh, scandalous. <laughs> We're going to talk about those kind of juicy stories in your family next. Do you have a long and winding road that brought you to your other half? I love to hear people's stories of how they met and how their relationship started. And sometimes it can get pretty juicy. Like my mother-in-law, Dorothy, she's been married, I think, like 60 years now to Ron. Very happily married. Mm -hmm. But she had dated his brother, Carl, first. Okay. Yeah. They're from from Texas, out in the middle of nowhere. Hereford, Texas. Were they the only two guys in town? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, were the pickings that slim? I guess they were just both sweet on her. But anyway... worked out in the long run but it reminded me there's this story that's making headlines and uh it's pretty fascinating the uh, this twin is getting married and he asked his twin brother dude i want you to be my best man mm-hmm. and he's like no absolutely not and it's because the one twin had dated this woman all throughout high school yeah and then they broke up when he went off to college oh well the other twin stayed in town oh 
and started dating this girl. <laughs> didn't tell his twin for like six months because he thought, well, it probably won't last. Just like they didn't last. Yeah. This is probably just, you know, we'll just enjoy but each other's lasted. company. Lasted so much he fell in love with her and proposed to her. Ooh. And now his twin is like, I'm not going to be your best man. Like he, really? he's not letting really? it go. Yeah, over a high school romance. Over a high school romance. Maybe he still has feelings for her and well, thought she would I wait for him. Some people hold on to the high school stuff, and other people let it go. Like mm-hmm. I will. I could talk about my wife's high. We went to the same high school together. I knew her high school boyfriend. She knew my high school girlfriend. I can talk about Bobby. No prop. No jealousy. No nothing. I'm mm-hmm. glad she had the high school sweetheart. Yeah. My girlfriend, who shall not be named, in case Tracy's listening. <laughs> hey, my girlfriend, Lynn, can't bring her up. Cannot really? bring it up. Does not exist. Uh, right. It, it, it is like verboten. So I think I think there are there are different levels of attachment to your high school sweethearts. Like yeah. like with you and Glenn. Mm-hmm. Would you be upset if Glenn talked about his high school sweetheart? Um, I you know I can't even relate because he didn't date anyone before me. I'm that lucky. Like he had a couple, wow. he would ask people out and go on a date, but not like a steady situation. No I was the first long-term relationship. Mm. So, but he knows that when he met me, I had just had my heart broken by my high school sweetheart, Greg. Yeah. And okay, so uh, I've you, accidentally called him Greg a couple when times you, when really? we first started dating. It was horrible. What, if you were to talk about him now, would he get like, if, come on, can we please like turn the page on Greg? No, he would make fun of it. He like to this day he jokes. He's like, "I know, I know, I was sec- your second choice." Like that is not true, not true at all. You're the long rebound. <laughs> so I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this one, Taylor. I think it's that there's a double standard going on, and it's okay for in a husband wife relationship. The wife can talk about old boyfriends. And that's totally fine. But if the husband is to talk about old high school sweetheart, you were you were treading Not on, on thin ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Griff, Griffin, our producer's in. Griff, how long have you and Sarah been married now? Almost eight years. Okay, eight yeah. years. Yeah. Is it do you, is it okay for Sarah to talk about her old flame, her old boyfriend? Is it is it okay with you? Does it sit okay with you for her to do that? Yeah, now it does. It didn't so- like when you first got married. Now. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> there was a guy. I mean, it was in high school. She was really young, like early high school. She mm-hmm. dated someone for a couple of years, I think. Right. Oh right. wow. And, uh, but that was like her only other serious. Boyfriend. Did she ever so, practice writing you, his last name with her name? I don't want to know that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but do you put it in perspective? Are you mature enough to put it in perspective and go? I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy she had a has fond memories of a high school sweetheart. No, I'm not happy she had. I don't, oh. I don't even know if she has fond memories. <laughs> I, th- I don't think it ended very well. Sounds like you don't talk about this much. <laughs> no, we don't talk about it. They've okay. moved on. What she about, comes home to me, or I come home to her, like, we're good. What about your high school sweetheart? Was, I didn't date anyone else. Wow. Just like she, Glenn. Yeah. She was my one and only mm-hmm. girlfriend. <laughs> that's, that's his story, and he's sticking to it. <laughs> no, it's true. No, I believe it's it. It's true. In fact, you're such an introvert. It's kind of miraculous that you two got together, right? I mean, did you really have to stick out of your like? I did, get yeah. out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah. it was time. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Griffin <laughs> and his wife Sarah were both in the on the promotion staff here at the radio station, and Griff actually gave me a note and asked me, "Will you give it to her <laughs> <Okay>. for me?" <laughs> right. And it said, "Do you like me?" Check yes Check. or no. <laughs> 
And that was the most outgoing Griff had been to that point. Yeah, that's how like, most college students meet, right? <laughs> that, was a, that was a huge step. So I don't know about you, but um, when your faith is put on trial, like when you were like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Is your faith strong? And I, I'll admit, I have good days and bad days. That's for sure. Everybody, some days yeah. you walk on water, other days you sink like a rock. <laughs> exactly. Peter just happened to do them all within yeah. like 10 seconds of each other. And someone who's been such an example to me personally of just steadfast, strong faith in the midst of super challenging, trying circumstances is my niece, Ariel. And I don't know if you remember, I asked you guys to pray for her the other day because she's got these three foster kids two little girls and then mom had another baby the birth mom did and she's she's had this new you know baby boy with her since the day he was born and um so we were all praying 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 my niece had to testify this time and we knew it was going to get pretty feisty because it got feisty the last court date right so feisty that she disabled all her social media accounts she has none Hmm. uh, because there was it was open to judgment then for Hmm. the court and um so we were all like praying, 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 just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the case was over and we still couldn't get any news because she didn't want to say anything in front of her daughters. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And the long story short is the birth mom has six more months to turn her life around. So she's already had these foster babies for three years, which is a long placement. Yeah. And so now she has the mom has six more months to turn her life around. And um, in the group text with me and my mom and my four sisters, we were like, oh, no, this is so sad. Oh, no. And Ariel had just the opposite attitude. She said, I felt Jesus. I saw Jesus. It's not what I wanted or thought or the timing. Yet I believe these babies were saved once again. Because they had come from a really, really, really tough situation. Oh, the wow. daughters had. The little boys know nothing but love. Um, but the girls have had, you know, history of abuse. Yeah. And so I just, that kind of faith is just where I want to be. You know, no that kidding. kind of strong, just clinging to God for his will, not our will. Yeah. So if you guys can pray, the next court date now is not until October. Mm. So the waiting continues. Man. That is tough. Do you know a cancer survivor who's inspired you? Coming up, check out what this brother did for his sister who's battling cancer. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. If you're a cancer survivor, you can immediately think of the people in your life who kept you fighting, kept your spirits high, and helped you through, right? Well, check this out. Staff Sergeant Brandon Stafford is a National Guard member. He found out his big sis, Melissa, had a brain tumor and was going to need aggressive surgery and treatment. When her hair started falling out in clumps from the chemo, she shaved it all off. Well, her brother, her niece, uh, her nephews, Mm -hmm. and his entire unit in Fort Hood, Texas, shaved their heads in solidarity. Even the female soldiers in the unit shaved their heads all for Melissa so that she wouldn't feel so alone and she'd feel inspired. Wow. That, what a great group of people that is. My wife, she has another man in her life. Not happy about it. And I will admit, I am more than a little jealous. We're going to talk about this guy next. So are you a quick adapter to technology, a little slow adapting to technology? I'd say on medium speed, 
My wife is slow when it comes to adapting to new technology. As a matter of fact, like if she sends a text, she's she uses one. She uses her pointer finger for each letter. Do, 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 do. It takes her forever to send one. So she just in the last like two, three days has become a. Uh, a part of the world of, I'm not going to say it, it begins with an S and it's followed by an eerie. You know, you say, hey, S, eerie, and you ask the thing a question, I want to set off your smartphone or whatever. But she has just been uh, welcomed into that world. And if you have that on your phone or a similar one, you know, there are a variety of voices that you can choose to interact with. And I was surprised at her choice of voice. This is Tracy's voice that she hears when she talks to S. Erie. Good morning, Tracy. Hope you had a good night's sleep. It is now time to wake up and start the day. She has this Australian guy waking her up every morning. It's an Australian man's voice. Listen to that. Good morning, Tracy. Hope you had a good night's sleep. What is... What, that, did, can someone explain to me the choice? She goes, what? I just I wanted a nice voice. I thought that was a nice voice. I was like, of all the voices you could have picked, of all of them, including female voices, you went with that one. G'day, mate. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm a little jealous of her S eerie voice. That it's this Australian guy. Now, do you think I'm off base there? Would you be a little jealous too? Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor show. So should I be jealous that my wife chose an Australian man's voice to be her S eerie voice? No, I don't think so. Unless she's named him. (laughs) I don't know. It's a good question. I'll have to ask her when I get home. Did you name him? And I texted my daughter, Amber. Mom has an Australian voice activated for S eerie. Is that okay? Should I be jealous? And she said, well, She is going to another man for advice, Dad. (laughs) Hey, do you feel younger than you are? Good. There's more proof that age is just a number. Most of us feel at least seven years younger than we really are. No kidding. Uh, Most people don't feel like they're getting older until they hit 47. In fact, close to half of people surveyed refuse to admit they're getting old. Now, what (laughs) does make us feel old? When we squint to read something... Turn up the oldies music loud, grunt when we get up, or when we see a celebrity we've never heard of. Oh, that the last one is me. Totally me all the time now. I'm just like, who is that? And why do we care what that person's saying? And they're usually saying something that's like crazy and half-baked and everyone's agreeing with it. And you're like, no, that ain't the way it is. And then, oh, no, you don't know who blah, blah, blah is? Oh, they're super smart. Okay. <laughs> We've talked about this before, where you'll name a food something else in an attempt to get your kids to eat it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a little powdered sugar on something. You go, oh, it's like broccoli cupcakes or something. A a lady posted a list of some of the alternative names that she's giving to foods in an attempt to get her kids to eat them. So we're going to add these to what we already know. These are genius. I'll have them for you next. It's a constant battle for for moms and dads trying to get the kids to eat what you made. So a lot of parents have taken to renaming popular foods, like they'll name it something, something cake. And then all of a sudden the kids are interested in in eating it because they think it's a treat. Right. In our house, guaranteed to get the kids out of bed on a Sunday morning would be the smell of bacon. Kids love bacon. So good. Now, uh, some of our kids like it crispy. Some of them like it not cooked so hard, a little more, you know, on the... 
not the raw side, but the not cooked side. But but bacon is the common denominator. We get them all out of bed. So this mom, her kids are the same way. So she's named a bunch of of foods that she wants them to eat after bacon, like pasta carbonara. It's you know, pasta with bacon. Yeah. And it's a creamy sauce. She calls it to her kids bacon noodles. <laughs> Smart, brilliant pork tenderloin. She make it all day long in the crock pot or whatever, and then the kids don't touch it. So she calls that thick bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Which it sort of kind of is. Gravy is known in her table as bacon sauce. <laughs> and I wonder if she puts any bacon grease in her gravy. And then steak is, it's like bacon, but from a cow. <laughs> and the kids eat it. That's so hilarious. Steal those names today, mom and dad. Maybe your kids won't be so picky if you just call it bacon noodles or bacon sauce. Probably start teaching your kids about stranger danger right from the time they can they can walk and talk, right? It's something that you want to get in their heads of how to act when they, they don't feel safe. And uh, my daughter was driving home from work last night, and she had a run-in with somebody on the highway that made her crazy uncomfortable so much so that when she pulled up in front of our house she called and said hey i'm not feeling good about something that happened on the road can you come out to my car i'll tell you what happened next so my daughter had to work a little bit late last night she uh called us and she said mom dad i think somebody's following me can you meet me out at my car Tell me about a heart-stopping moment as a parent, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you teach them from when they're little, little kids about stranger danger and what to do if anything, you know, should happen. And uh, here, here's what happened. She, she was taking care of a friend's cat. So she was stopping by at this friend's house who's out of town um, to, like, feed the cat, change the litter box, do that kind of thing on her way home from work. And she said, I'm driving down the road and this guy got right on my bumper and was flashing his lights doing all kinds of stuff and she said but I was coming up to the turn into the neighborhood where I have to take care of the cat and I thought I'll just make the turn he'll go on she makes the turn guy follows her like in a residential you know like neighborhood that ends at a cul-de-sac guy's like still right on her bumper flashing the lights so she's like well I'm not going to turn into the driveway of the house I'm going to go down to the end and make a U-turn and and head out I'm not stopping Guy follows her all the way around the cul-de-sac, and she starts pulling away, and then he stops. So she, like, gets out of there, hightails at home, pulls up in front of the house, and is like, hey, can you come out and meet me at the car? I, I still have to take care of this cat, but I'm really nervous about going back into this neighborhood. So, I, by the way, I'm already in bed by now, so I was like, sure thing, give me a sec, let me put on some shoes, I'll be out in a second. So I go out to the car and I, I like reviewed with her everything that happened. And I think, she, by the way, I think she handled it pretty good. The only thing that I said, you know, maybe do this a little differently next time. If you think somebody's following you, don't turn down into a road where you got to do a U-turn to get out. That's you could get stuck. That's number one. And number two, I don't know that I would come home, call us, but go to like there's a fire station around the corner from your house you pull into their parking lot if the guy follows you in there start honking the horn really loud um or you know call us and say hey i'm gonna keep moving but meet me at this place because she was right by her house so that was the only thing but I, I was pretty proud i thought she handled it pretty well for being that frazzled and stuff and it turns out you know we drove around that neighborhood looking for the car couldn't find it so we're not we don't know who it was why they were flashing the lights at her or whatever but have you had something like that ever happen with you or one of your kids, and how did they handle it? 
did they handle it as well as uh, as well as April did? I would love to hear from you about that kind of story in your house. They stop your heart, right? It just makes you like, oh my gosh. Hey, Kathy, did you hear that story I just shared about my daughter April being followed by somebody on her way home from work? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I agree with you. I was holding my breath saying I wish she hadn't gone home because now they know where she lives. Right, but right. I'm well, fortunately, that- they, they stopped following her when she turned out of the, na- the neighborhood around the corner. So, so there is that. Yes. My granddaughter, who was a brand new driver, she was 19 years old, and she was coming home late one night. And the same thing happened to her. This person was flashing her and flashing her. And then um, she they had lights similar to a police officer, so she pulled over. And she said when she when he came up to the car, she realized it wasn't a police officer. Oh, wow. And then she uh, dialed someone's number and put it on speaker so they would know that she uh, had someone on speaker and could hear. Right. And the person uh, walked away. And she sat there. She was so nervous. She couldn't even drive home right No kidding. And she called us. And I mean, I, 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 I was bawling just thinking about it. And, and I'm so glad that your daughter is safe. But yes, she, you, you advised her correctly. Go to a gas station. Go to a fire station, police uh, station. And never let them know where you live because they know where you live. They can come back. Right, right. And those are our kids, man. we got to protect them, right? And I'm so glad you're sharing your story because you're, you don't know how many people you're helping right now. Oh, I sure hope so. Well, thanks for calling. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.